Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm the professor, Matt Perkins. And a quick fade across the Harpeth River from me here in the Music City, it's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. What's up, guys? It's been a while. It's been a while. I'm excited to be back. Um, I have, uh, I've, in my time, I have visited some other podcasts. Um, not to not to make you guys jealous, but a friend of mine is uh, I made a guest spot on a Positively Ole Miss, so a, a nice little Southern flair uh, for those that are interested. For all you Ole Miss fans out there, um, be sure to double up on your Ole Miss content that you may not get here over there. I mean, everyone loves the Grove. Everyone loves the Grove. Uh, speaking of, another man who loves the Grove uh, and who gets his kicks on Route 66, <laughs> it's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Week, God, like five now? Four? Oh. Uh, I mean, time's a flat circle at this point. I I just I just don't know. It, it, it could be It could be Saturday. It could be Tuesday. It could be the middle of the day, the middle of the night. It doesn't matter. It's whatever day we want it to be. Yeah, pretty much. So, well, anyhow, um, tonight uh, we have a, actually a fair few uh, topics uh, within the college football world to catch up on. Um, and I guess the most pressing of these is uh, Mike Leach and the uh, now all too common Twitter controversy. Um, for those of you who didn't see it, Mike Leach retweeted a questionable meme of a turn of the 20th century white woman knitting a noose with a uh, like endearing after what two weeks in quarantine or something like that. The wife got you know a little too fed up with her husband or whatever, um, and had to take it down, apologize publicly. Um, undergo sensitivity training and uh, at least one notable player has uh, transferred from the fallout out of all this. And uh, Josh, I mean, I know you're the one who, uh, who suggested this topic. So how do you feel about, you know, what has happened to uh, this entire situation? Yeah. I mean, I wanted to talk about it because not so much the tweet um what he what he did was not funny to begin with um doubly problematic with the state that he's now a coach in and if you know anything about the history of the united states especially the southern united states when it comes to lynching you just know that that's not something you can bring up in any form or fashion in a humorous way 
Um, it's just too powerful of a statement. Um, but what caught my eye was his tweet of apology, which I think is a bigger issue because it shows the just sheer stupidity of Coach Leach. Here's his exact tweet. I'm reading it verbatim. I'm not paraphrasing anything. This is the exact tweet. I sincerely regret if my choice of images in my tweets were found offensive. I had no intention of offending anyone. That's not an apology. I sincerely regret if my choice... Hey, Matt, you are a piece of crap and I hate you. Sorry if that offended you. (laughs) Like... That's well, no, it's, it's 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 not an apology if the word if is present. It's yeah. just not. There, an apology does not contain any sort of, you know, it, you know, restrictive measures in that sort. And so it's it's a non-apology, quote unquote, apology that anyone that that any that any school's PR department, any their athletic department PR should be ashamed that that tweet even reached. It still stands, by the way. He is not, he's not tweeted anything else um, related to the incident. Since well, to, okay, to be fair, I think if he tweets something else, it just keeps blowing up again and they're just going to try to weather the storm at this point. Yeah. Well, but so I, I don't, I don't think saying anything more on Leach's end does anything for anyone because it is what it is at this point. There, there is no more. Nothing he says is going to appease, you know, uh, uh, you know what people want. Because like people want blood for this, and so I, I just think that if, if with, they're with good reason, because he is a football coach of a team that is going to be a heavily percentage, if not a vast majority, of black people i mean coach how like you have to work with players that have a very different background than you and look different than you i mean that's not an easy uh needle to thread no it's not um it's very you got to be very very careful what you say and what you do and how you look and even just how you interact with different people of different races. I mean, you know, it, it could be, it could be misconstrued that, Hey, I'm yelling at this kid more than I'm yelling at that kid. And the one kid I happen to be yelling at more might be a, a kid of color and, and the other kid it is a white kid. And um, that might be construed as me coming down on the kid of color because of this color of his skin. When in all actuality, we know that, uh, the attitudes and um, intelligent levels of high school students will fluctuate um, with the uh, with the breeze, and so I mean it's it's a very it's a very delicate situation, and it's not one that you know it's one that you got to navigate smartly and and in that regard, that's not the time to take a risk t- uh, telling a joke. Well, on top of that, especially when you're the new coach. Like you've been there for like you've been there for a hot minute. You barely know any of these kids. Um, that's not a good way to to start it. Now we all. You know, I, I want to stress one other thing, yeah. uh, kind of building off something Coach said. 
coach and I work in a high school capacity. Matt, you work with young people in your teaching as well. And it, it a lot of people go, oh, the, this generation is soft. Oh, kids have it so easy. It's not that. It's that in 2020, you can actually speak up and they have a freaking voice. Kids 20, 30 years ago were equally pissed off about any number of topic imaginable, but they didn't have the outlet to say it. Absolutely not. And they're not soft. They're just saying that they're just saying stuff that other people can't say. You're exactly right, Josh. It, it's a, it's a different it's a different world. You know, it, it's not necessarily soft or lighter. I mean, it's just it's just a different world. Like what we struggle with um, are things that the generation beyond us, the younger generation, doesn't struggle with, and then that the other generation probably struggle with even more and made advancements for themselves so that the next generation could not struggle with that problem. That's how life works. You, the generation behind you usually sets the path for you, like the technology, like our generation um, set the path for the Zennials, which technology has become, you know, whatever, you know, it's morphed into to whatever now. It was started with us. Like I remember in elementary school being so excited that I could get AOL, you know, you, you hear that, you hear that phone tone and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, we make fun of the, we make fun of the, the next generation for, you know, saying, Oh, well, you have it made. You got all this fast internet. We used to have to cross our fingers and hope our mom didn't pick up the phone to, to disrupt our internet. So um, it's just different problems. You know, the, the, our parents' generation, different problems, but we all have, we all have our issues. They're just slightly different. So and people don't understand different. And that goes with everything. Like people don't, people, a lot of people can't accept different. Like they, they just, it just doesn't, they can't wrap their mind around it. And it just, it just, it just eats at them and it just causes them to say and do things like Mike Leach does. Like, you know, a lot of stuff you see on the news, they can't accept different. Well, one of the big differences that we've seen in the last couple of years is the presence of the transfer portal. And and that has just become, I don't want to say it's a hot button issue because everyone just kind of accept, accepts it at this point. At first it was, oh my gosh, it's so, you know, it, it becomes transactional for, you know, treating the kids like they're professionals. Well, face it, like they basically are professionals. So um, we have a very high profile transfer out of USC, JT Daniels, uh, who was the freshman phenom back in the 2018 season, uh, gets injured uh, last year. And then, um, you know, they have uh, Keaton Slovis come on, come in and take charge. And Daniels is out after being, you know, a five-star quarterback coming out of high school, you know, Josh, what do you think is going to happen with, with him? Well, I mean, his debut season was impressive. He was a four-star recruit. So I think he's going to be a super hot commodity. So it's, it's a little bit different. A lot of times 
No, Student. I mean, he was like, he was coach. I think like he was the yeah. guy in his class. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of times when someone goes into the transfer portal, it's kind of, it's almost like, okay, what situation can I live with? What works best for me? And it's not, you know, a, a player might have just a handful of schools come after him because a lot of times the the scholarships are all spoken for and stuff like that. And it's, I think this is by far the biggest name that I can think of um, that's transferred. We've had big names in the recruiting world like Joe Burrows, but he never played out the field. <laughs> so when LSU got him, it, it didn't move our needle that much. JT Daniels is a proven commodity. So I think this is a little different. I think he's going to have an absolute choice of program. Uh, CBS Sports had a great article uh, pinpointing some of the teams that um, that would be wise to make a run at him, and they're all huge names like LSU, uh, Michigan, Tennessee, Washington, uh, and so on. So I think I think this is going to be huge, and it's something to keep an eye on, and it. It's just interesting, I think, also in that um, is this – I don't want to knock him or Clay Helton or anything, but uh, is this him losing his job and not thinking he can win it back? Or is it him looking at how bad some of the pieces are at USC and watching – USC get absolutely boat raced against Iowa in that bowl game and going, Oh my God, even if I do get my starting job back, this team sucks because we all have Clay Helton getting fired as a matter of when, not if. So I don't know if this is him thinking he can't get his job back or it's him saying, "Mm, yeah, this is a perfect exit strategy to leave a really bad team. Well, and they're losing a couple of their top receivers to the draft as well. And I I mean, I see it as an exit strategy. Yeah. No, I just I, I I don't I don't see. I I think I guess Daniels must feel like he can get into a better position for himself at this point. But I don't know, Coach. I I feel like you know a little bit more uh, than I do about what those kind of places would be. And I mean, we have to assume if he's transferring that he's going to be eligible immediately. Can I throw a hat in a ring? Go for it. I know a major program that has won multiple national titles that just graduated a four-year starting quarterback that returns a bunch of skill position. They're going to have their best receiving core in quite a while. They had a freshman tight end really come on late in the last three or four games. That position looks great. They've put a ton of players in the NFL They're going to put in certainly uh, two more first rounders this year. And uh, they just boat race that USC team in a bowl game. Oh, is it the Iowa Hawkeyes? Oh, who would have ever guessed? (laughs) It is true. It would be a good fit in terms of that's a position where Iowa. Iowa like some of the pieces they have back, but all the pieces are totally unproven. So I don't want to, I don't want to stereotype anyone. Um, I don't want to cast no spoilers here, Josh, <laughs> but uh, 
Josh, where did he go to high school? Where's he from? Who? Uh, JT Daniels. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's from Iowa City, isn't he? Uh, no, he's from Santa Ana. Uh, down in Orange County. That's it. Yeah, that's uh, Iowa. Yeah, Santa to, Ana, Iowa. Uh, it's just uh, south of Iowa City. Went to he's Mater a farm Day. kid. No, he's a farm kid. He he grew up on a farm. Uh, there's this great quote by JT Daniels. This is a direct quote. When I was growing up on the farm, there was nothing more I loved than watching Iowa football with my pigs. Okay, so one, a question I've actually been dying to ask you, Josh, is that Iowa's helmets have the ANF American Needs Farms stickers on them. Yep. Yes. Iowa states do not do they? Yes. They I would don't. say they do not. You are correct. Yes. That makes l- like less than zero sense to me. Iowa State is the ag school. Why do they not have the ANF stickers? Uh, it's really simple, actually. And you'll bang your forehead and go, oh, my God, that makes total sense. So when the uh, American Farm Bureau wanted to get that out, it was in the middle of the 1980s that there was a huge farm crisis where uh, a lot of family farms were going under uh, agriculture prices were all chaotic and it was hurting farms and farmers. And they wanted to get their political statement out. America needs farmers. And they wanted to put it on a helmet of a team in the Midwest with a lot of farms. Iowa was amazing in the mid eighties. Iowa State was not. So they they did that because Iowa was um, on national TV all the time. Yeah. Uh, the, it, other, it, the other thing is Hayden Fry um, always wanted like more exposure and stuff and, and thought that was a cool idea and thought that would be unique for Iowa. So. All right. Yeah. Thank you for educating me. That had been bothering me for a couple of weeks, yeah. actually. So uh, I appreciate you clearing that up, Coach. What What do you think? Uh, the, be- I, I will say this is a little a little off color. So if you have to edit it, Matt, I understand. Um, the The good people at the Iowa State uh, SB Nation blog, Wide Right and Wide Right and Natty Light, um, they they came up with their own sticker that Iowa State should have for their helmets, which was. To make fun of Iowa, it was A N A L. America needs another lawyer. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh, that's good. That's great. That's that's top notch. <laughs> that's the greatest ever. I I really, I think it's the biggest and the best comment I've ever heard in my life. Great job. <laughs> uh. Mr. President, shouldn't she be worrying about the coronavirus instead of listening to Illegal Motion? No, Illegal Motion's the greatest show ever. I love it. Ivanka loves it. America loves it. Just look at the polls. The ratings are awesome. They're off the charts, especially in Arkansas. It's great. They love you in Arkansas. Yes, they do. Pig suey. I think that's what they say, right? I, I can uh, can we get a big woo pig suey for all the for Razorback Nation out there, Mr. President? I tell you what, woo pig suey, woo pig suey. There you go. Next question. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, stopping by, sir. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor. 
Um, but, uh, uh, Corey, when you can get the headset back from the commander in chief, uh, where do you think would be a good fit for Daniels moving forward? Is there like a plug and play program? And are you kicking yourself for taking, uh, the Wake Forest kid instead of waiting for JT Daniels? Oh, I'm back guys. Hey, how, how did that go? I, what I miss? Um, you missed a little bit. I did. Yeah. Uh, dear friend of the show. Um, the commander in chief joined us. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, is he talking Navy football? I wish. I wish. We do need a breakdown of the Middies prospects for the uh, 2020 season, but I guess we'll have to get to that over the summer. Hopefully, oh, okay. when we've, uh, ho- hopefully, when we are safe and sound and able to play football again. So I heard you saying something about uh, JT Daniels. Or were we still talking? Yeah, about Yeah, yeah. He's uh he's left the uh, the friendly confines of the LA Coliseum uh, to head somewhere. Is there a plug and play program for him? Uh yeah. I mean, I'm sure there is. Uh, I think. I mean, you got to look at LSU. Could could. I feel like LSU. Program. I feel like LSU is pretty confident. Miles Brennan at this point. Uh, but JT okay all right um Oregon could use him uh he could go right across town to UCLA maybe um he could go maybe to see Herm Edwards um no Herm Herm's quarterback was a true freshman last year and looked pretty good they're 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 actually very set um if they were gonna go um if they're going to go in conference, I feel like Oregon makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, with this skill set, I think the Huskies could could possibly. Yeah, but they have they, they have another Jake. They have another Jake who's in, in, next in line after uh, Browning and Eason. That's you know was some was a high four star coming out of high school. I feel like he's been pretty like he he's been crowned like the next guy now that Easton's gone. So yeah, true. I mean, how confident do you think Alabama is in, in Mac Jones? That would be fun. That would be, I mean, not for the, not for the sec, not for the rest of the sec West, but that would be fun. Right. Right. Um, I bet Arkansas is kicking themselves for getting Felipe Franks. Uh, speaking of the Razorbacks. Uh, I mean, you, you look at, uh, I don't know how, how Tennessee, I don't know how, um, much how many eggs are going to put in Harrison Bailey's basket uh I don't know what they think of what they have but I would have to think that that uh JT is a is, <laughs> is an upgrade over what they've got in, in Knoxville I think they would they would welcome him for sure um you know you look at I mean what's so, so 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 he should have so so wait basically what we're saying is that he should have a pretty decent you know pick yeah, I mean, just look, just look at the quarterbacks that have entered the draft, and then you go and and try to figure out what's behind those guys, and then and then figure it out from there. I mean, J, you know, JT Daniels could he could he could land anywhere and make an immediate impact. I don't know, I don't know if there's a single coach out there that would say uh, we're 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 good with our freshmen. Maybe Herm Edwards because they got a really extremely talented freshman. Um, maybe, you know, here's a wild card. Maybe he, maybe he feels more comfortable playing in a stadium with a track around it. Maybe he goes to Kansas. 
less miles. I've seen crazier things happen. I mean, they've got a lot of momentum out there. They've got a great offensive coordinator. They've got a great system. You know, nowadays it really doesn't matter where you play. The NFL is going to find you. So why not go somewhere where you can wreak and thrive? So to be honest with you, he could land anywhere and I wouldn't be surprised. So what you're trying to say is, he might go to Hawaii just just to say, hey. Hey, listen, that, that that is never a bad choice for QB. <laughs> I mean, um, and, and in all seriousness, you asked me about Georgia kicking themselves. I, you know, I, I think they, you know, I, th- I think it was one of those like hindsight's 2020. Yeah, you would love to get JT Daniels. He's probably better than Jamie Newman. But, you know, you, you got to look at it as this. JT Daniels was set in stone. That he wasn't an option uh, when they were going through that whole transfer market, Jamie Newman expressed interest. He's talented. He's good. He has a great skill set, all that stuff. We broke all that stuff down in a previous episode. So I'm not going to go through the entire breakdown again, but he fit a veteran need for Georgia. Georgia's got some serious talent behind him. Uh, they've got the number one kid coming in from 2021 class. They've got another uh top quarterback coming in to compete with Newman. Newman's not guaranteed to win the job. Um, And so, I mean, are they kicking themselves? No. Would it be nice to have JT Daniels at Georgia? Yeah. I'd be lying to you if I said that that wouldn't be cool, but it's not realistic to say, oh, man, we should have got it, man. That sucks. But, you know, I'm pretty happy with Newman um, if you you really want to know. So, um, yeah, I think it's cool. I think he'll stay in the Pac-12 anyway. So um, I think Oregon's a good good landing spot. I think uh, Cristobal could do some things with them up there in Eugene. All right. Well, um, getting to some more big picture things, obviously with you know the entire country pretty much on shelter in place orders and you know the, basically being locked down uh, because of. COVID-19, there is a lot of fallout, both um, in terms of, you know, questions about the future, but also economic fallout from everything that has happened with the pandemic. So, you know, we've seen a lot of different issues arise and come up, you know, we've seen some people, um, Dave Clawson, for instance, at Wake Forest, gave back 10% of his paycheck in order to, uh, to help. Uh, with, with the relief, uh, but then we've seen other things like um, because of eligibility issues, the NCAA uh, said that uh, spring uh, that seniors in spring sports will get an extra year of eligibility, um, or I guess they, they said the schools can let them. But then some schools, including Josh Our alma mater, are saying that mm, no, sorry, seniors we're not going to give you an extra year of eligibility, which I think is kind of crappy. But at the same time, I think that Barry Alvarez is looking at that as a financial decision. If you are a Big Ten school, mostly um, you will have a, or not necessarily a Big Ten school, but a lot of schools, they're maybe their third biggest revenue sport after football and basketball uh, will be baseball. Well, Wisconsin A doesn't have a baseball team, and B has a ser- a serious revenue team in uh, their hockey team in the winter. So, 
the cost of those scholarships, I, I imagine is the reason for, um, you know, for not, for not renewing them. And that is, that, that, that seems very crass to me, but I don't know, Josh, how do you feel about it? Well, first thing, it's more NCAA incompetence. You don't roll out a policy that says, oh, hey, you help these people out if you want to, because you're just going to have cutthroat businesses. You're just going to have cutthroat business decisions like Wisconsin did. And I mean, let's let's talk about the sports that are affected. Basketball, men's and women's, that's a winter sport. Those students aren't going to be coming back. How big's a basketball team? Thirteen uh, scholarships. Fifteen uh, scholarships. Well, uh, I think it's like twelve scholarships, fifteen players, something like that. So most of the time, you have maybe three seniors. So we'll say yep. six total seniors. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, cross country is a fall sport. The last time I checked. Yep. Football isn't canceled yet. Golf is, I believe, a fall sport as well in yes, the collegiate calendar. So then we get hockey. Men and women okay. hockey. Now that's uh, that's probably what thirty scholarships. Uh, twenty. Twenty. So maybe we'll say five I'd say seniors. Five seniors, yeah. So uh, that's ten then for the men and women combined. Combine that with our previous. So sixteen. We're looking at mm-hmm. rowing. That's a fall. No, that uh, rowing is a spring. Rowing's a spring. How big's a rowing team? Uh, that's well. That's decent size, but there's not a lot of scholarships for it. It's, all, it's just it's mostly it's mostly uh, either preferred uh, preferred walk-ons or just flat-out walk-ons. Uh, I think they only have like six to eight scholarships for rowing. So let's say maybe there's two. We'll be two generous. Or three, yeah. We'll be generous. So we're up to eighteen. Soccer's a fall sport. Swimming and diving—that's winter, right? Because it's indoors. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. So, good lord, I would, I would, I would imagine that they those teams don't have a ton of scholarships. They get a lot. They use a lot of partial scholarships. So, you know, you'll get a fifty percent scholarship, a twenty five percent scholarship, and so they can distribute that out amongst the teams. You have to have a team of, I want to say like sixteen to twenty people, but they only get like six to eight scholarships. So let's say maybe four. Okay, sure. Between the men and women for seniors. So that, sure. so that puts us up to 22, if I'm doing mm-hmm. my math properly. Tennis is a fall sport. Mm-hmm. Track and field's a little weird because it's, it's kind uh, of both. It, well, it, it, it's both, so. So that one's a little weird. So, uh, and what what do you want to do for track and field, Matt? Fuck. Um, <laughs> I God, I you you I I'm not the authority on scholarship distribution. This is that we'll, that would be. We'll leave track and field as the unknown. Call it, call, call it, call it, call it, um, call it six seniors, six seniors, six. Yeah. All right, so between the two teams, between men's so and that women's. that puts us up to twenty eight. Mm-hmm. And then we, wrestling. Well, women's track has all well at Wisconsin at least. Women's track has. Uh, a lot more scholarships than men's track does because it has to, because the numbers have to be yeah a, a equivalent for just the total of sports. So, you know, with football ha- having 85 scholarships, that's so let's say let, Let's go not. all the way up to 10. Okay, sure. So we were at 26. 
right? Mm-hmm. So, no, we were at 28 before I added the four. So we're back down to 24. So we're at like 30 some. Mm-hmm. And then wrestling's going to have like three seniors. So, sure, yeah. so why do we go through all this exciting stuff? Why do we go through math on a college football podcast to say that Wisconsin's nickel and diming decision comes down to dicking around about 30 people to save a little bit of money. The NCAA should have just said flat out, you don't have a choice. It sucks that they lost their season. You're bringing them back. We have. If they want to come back, if, if they even want to come back. If the student back. wants to, but it's, yeah. it shouldn't have been the school's decision. No. It should have been the student's decision. They can come back if they want. If they choose to come back, you don't lose that scholarship for the incoming freshman. We're going to have extenuating circumstances for one year. We can all live with it. I don't think Wisconsin's rowing team is going to get an unfair advantage for having one year with a few extra players on it. And if Wisconsin says we can't afford it, then I would be Jim Delaney doing the massive side eye and going, what the hell are you doing with the money that you make? Because this has happened after bowl season. The biggest checks have already been allotted. Like, yeah, and well, on top of that, well, part of it is that it's not even necessarily up to Barry Alvarez as the athletic director. The chancellor of the university has uh, a lot of say in this, and uh, she is notoriously anti-athletic department. So um, it's, I don't know, it, it, it's a big, long issue there. So I don't want to get like too much into the politics of it. But nonetheless, it's a bad look for Wisconsin or any, or, or any school that chooses to do that. It's a bad look for the NCAA to just not issue a mandate that for one year they can, you can get, you know, just let the seniors have another season. Like as a, you know, I my wife and I watch a ton of college gymnastics and uh, I, it, it was the senior year for two of the greatest college gymnasts of all time, Maggie Nichols and Kyla Ross. I mean, they are, the two of them are without a doubt, um, you know, on the Mount Rushmore of uh, women's college gymnasts. They're phenomenal, phenomenal. And they got the, they got all that taken away from them. There's so many of these crazy stories. It was really cool on Scott Van Pelt's Sports Center to do those uh, senior nights with not just you know colleges but high schools. Um, it was you know seeing things like that. It, it you know it's it's really tough for to have you know those kids give so much time and energy and to get what is supposed to be the sort of the culmination of their hard work in a lot of cases, because let's face it, I don't want to be like parroting an old NCAA ad, but of the 360,000 college athletes, most of them are going pro in something else. And so it's sort of (laughs) like the last, no, but it's supposed to be like, it's like the pinnacle of their uh, achievement in many ways, or at least uh, if you think about it as a story arc, you know, you you would think that you you would hit the, you know, the climactic moment as a senior. So, 
which obviously not always the case, but you know, you, you don't get that, you know, that senior night where everyone in the crowd is standing up and cheering for you and the coach is giving you, you know, a big hug or flowers or a, you know, framed jersey or whatever. Like, I don't know, coach, like, I mean, you've been in uh, a bunch of different like senior nights. That's like a special moment. Like, even if you're on like an yeah. absolutely dog shit team, yeah. um, I mean, it, 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 it's still cool. a special moment. Yeah, it, it was really cool to, to stand out there and be honored at midfield, have your name called, your parents are flanking you. And, you know, it's just it's just a cool moment. You know, everybody, all eyes are on you. Everything's great, you know. But at the same time, it's a fleeting moment too. Like it, it's it's one of those that, that it comes and goes so fast. Yeah, it's really cool. But then, you know, it's just a blip on the radar. Like that's like – way down on the list of things that I remember vividly from playing high school football. So that's true. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it sucks not to have that moment, not to, not to get that but recognition, e- but yeah, I would say, but even more so than that, it's not having the chance of winning a championship um, for, right. you yeah, know, that, that's the thing that stings. Like, especially for these, especially basketball, like, Oh my God. Think about like, there was a really good chance that Dayton would have won the national title in basketball this year. That would have been an amazing story. Amazing story. But that's not going to happen. Obi Toppin's going to go pro. And, you know, the magic that they had this year is gone without any sort of, you know, without any sort of, uh, I to use the word again, like climactic moment like that you don't get to hit the apex of that of that story arc it's just sort of cut off and it's sort of all this what could have been i mean going selfishly back to the university of wisconsin like you know they were on fire the second half of the season they were big 10 champions um they won the espn bpi uh you know uh bracket simulation and so now all these uh parody sites are printing like uh you know national champions 2020 uh wisconsin basketball asterisk uh per espn bpi simulation but you know it's you know you feel for uh you know the kids who are going to get starved of of that chance so but you know on top of that though you know, we see issues going to uh, out bigger and bigger than just individual schools. I mean, some of these small conferences are really going to be faced with the potential of having to cut sports. Um, Josh, you mentioned something about um, asking the NCAA to change rules for, you know, what qualifies FCS. It's a, you know, it's, there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. So to be in division one, um, there, there are certain requirements about like attendance and sports offered. Um, if you're an FBS, there is a two year uh, paid and actual attendance average you need to maintain. It's all this stuff. Uh, at the end of the day, it's really difficult for some of our smaller schools. And like, uh, for instance, I believe it was old dominion that just recently cut their wrestling program as a cost 
saving measure, which obviously, you know, we're all having to to make certain sacrifices and for businesses and universities, they're having to let people go and to save some scholarship money there or whatever, you know, not having to pay the coaches, things like that. Um, schools are making that decision. The problem is if you start to cut too many sports, well, then the NCAA can say, well, sorry, you're no longer division one. So a lot of the non-power conferences um, basically petition the NCAA to be like, hey, you need to like keep this in mind because some of us are going to have to cut sports. That's just a reality. And it's the, the commissioners of the league said that. Um, the, the commissioners and the athletic directors of schools were also saying like, if we lose football, how does that then factor into our attendance figures? Because some of these schools, like especially say a Mac school, which doesn't have the largest stadium and then plays their games on funky days with Maction, if you watch those games on TV like all of us do, you'll notice that the crowd isn't particularly large. So a lot of them are kind of like dancing on that attendance threshold so it's like what happens if the season is not played and then when we come back in 2021 no one cares to go to a Toledo football game and their attendance is really bad is it then bye-bye Toledo sorry you're out like how does that work and so I thought that was really proactive for these schools and commissioners to do that because the NCAA without being prompted is just going to do business as usual. Oh, sorry, coastal Carolina. You don't have 16 sports Bye. and coastal will be like, what the hell? Like we cut badminton because we are hemorrhaging money. Like, so I thought it was smart on those schools. Uh, I haven't seen the follow-up how the NCAA has responded. My guess is it'll be a muddled, not very effective policy that just pisses the three of us off in a later podcast. Uh, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Josh, is there anything else you want to hit on tonight? Uh, yeah, let me let me check my notes. We talked about Dave Clawson. You mentioned that very briefly. That was upstanding thing he did that was yeah so but on on the flip side of that are schools asking or yeah washington state asking their uh for voluntary pay cuts quote-unquote voluntary that's like uh that that sounds a lot like nfl otas to me yeah you know if you're it's not voluntary but if you're not there you're basically in deep bleep yeah, I mean, it's a 5% pay cut. You're Nick Rolovich, you're making what? Probably several million? Not several million, probably like 1.5. So, but but still, I mean, a 5% cut isn't huge. Um, but I mean, that goes, let's face it, that goes a long way in Pullman. Yeah, and what's nice though, what's but if nice. You, but I, I, guess the, I guess the thing is that though, if you are a, you know, if you are an offensive analyst, if you are a, um, you know, one of the 
you know, a, a, a first or second year position coach. But that's not who they're asking, Matt. Washington State only, at least according to the most recent article I've seen, Washington State only asked their head football coach and men's basketball coach to take a 5% pay cut okay. I, I to help, the, yeah, I to help out there. the rest of their – So the pay the cuts ex- are to help those analysts and – Yeah. Okay, sorry. I I misread that then. Yeah. Um, no, that's, am, that's I'm fine. I'm very sorry. Thank you for clarifying. Oh, look, we're, we're all out of practice. When Coach was doing his Donald Trump impersonation, I forgot I had a hot mic on and belched really loudly. Like, it happens. We're all out of practice. Wait, wait, wait hold on, hold on. That That wasn't the real president? No, no, it wasn't. Josh, 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 like I, I, I feel like you just told me that 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 Santa isn't real. Sorry, yeah. ki- sorry, kids. <laughs> sorry, um, sorry, kids. If we're the one, well, let's face it. If we're the ones that are breaking to you that Santa isn't real, you might have bigger issues. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope that we have plenty of kids listening. Uh, we are supposedly a G-rated podcast. Supposedly, but no, I, I think what Washington State did makes sense and if i was rolovich a first year coach at the new school i would say hey i see your five percent and i'm gonna throw in an extra you know 200 grand or something i don't know whatever he feels comfortable doing is a goodwill gesture it helps his program in the long run because 200 grand would be like an additional like 12 to 15 percent so i don't know if he's throwing that much in but um you know, but I mean, it's a goodwill gesture. It is a goodwill gesture that helps his own good. program because it's it's going to their scholarship funds. Mm-hmm. It's going to helping the analyst. It's going to help everything. Yeah, and also just like he's walking around that campus, he knows he's making. Well, no, more. hopefully he hopefully he's not walking around that campus. I, but I'm hopefully saying he's, he's social distancing. When when we're back, whenever it is, and. He's walking around campus. He knows he makes more than the tennis coaches. He knows he makes more. He's one of the than, like. He's one of the five highest paid employees of the state of Washington. Washington. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it, I, it's, yeah. I do know. Uh, speaking about like coming back in the fall and and hoping for that. Uh, did you guys catch what? This was just in the Chicago Tribune today. Did you guys catch what Northwestern University announced? No, I did not. Coach, sorry, did you catch I, it? I don't get the trip uh, delivered down down here. And sorry, well, the trip the trip didn't make it this far. Okay, well, it's pretty interesting. Northwestern is saying, regardless of what happens this fall, they will be playing football because Ryan Field has plenty of social distancing. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Well, thank you, you, thank you. You know, you know who, you know who led the charge in the, uh, I guess in the in the uh, committee for college football social distancing. It, you know who else was in the room, right? Who? Rutgers. <laughs> yeah, Rutgers. Uh, UConn. I was going to say Georgia Tech. <laughs> uh, they got a new coach. They've got a little bit of. They got a little bit of spice. A little bit of spice. I, I think we could go UConn. Maybe UMass. Ooh, UMass. Yeah, yeah. I will. Uh, yeah, I, I will submit UMass for my uh, for my vote. Mm. 
Uh, you also asked Matt if I had anything else. I've got one other little news and note. This came. Hold on. I, I think that's an idea for our next show, though, is the top 10 social dis- distancing stadiums. <laughs> Ooh, that, that could be a pop quiz. Dod- Dodger Stadium during the first two innings and the last three. <laughs> Turner Field, too. You got the Braves Stadium. Turner Field at any point. Uh, oh, no, the last the, the Oakland, last little bit the of Oakland Coliseum. No matter who's playing, the last little bit of news and notes I had um, a deep futures item, twenty twenty one recruiting class. Minnesota got cornerback Avante Dickerson to announce his commitment. He's currently the number forty six recruit overall. He's the highest ranked commitment to Minnesota since ESPN started their rankings and he's the first ever one in the top 50. So rowing the boat. Good for him. So um, he also, uh, <laughs> Josh, I, I, what other he's thing? Also, wait, 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 wait. Okay. It gets funnier. You're not letting me finish. Okay. Please go on. He's, he's a, uh, was Mr. Football from state of, Nebraska. Okay. And, and picked them over a divisional foe. Nebraska was recruiting him like desperately and heavy. And he's like, peace. <laughs> he also had offers from LSU, Oregon, and Michigan. So uh, a good day for the folks that support. Listen, Josh, when you were talking about the possibility of uh, getting JT Daniels to uh, transfer to Iowa, and you were describing the school. I, th- I thought you were describing Minnesota for a hot minute before you uh, got on with it. Why would I ever endorse Minnesota getting a better quarterback? <laughs> Come on, be serious. Let's use our brains, Matt. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I haven't I haven't had to engage that for a while. <laughs> No, actually, I really have. I my my life actually has not changed very much at all. So, I am I am fortunate in that in that way during this time. So, um, well, with that, uh, we want to thank you very much for joining us here on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. So, on behalf of our own offensive coordinator, the coach Corey Burton here in the Music City, and our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook, up there in the Windy City, this is the professor in Nashville saying so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Stay away. But listen to our show. Thanks for listening to the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. To get in touch with the show, email us at illegalmotionpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at illegal underscore motion and check out our Facebook page. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.